0: As the new people come in, they're not going to learn the culture from me or from you. They're going to learn the culture from the people that they're next to every day. And as long as as we have people that are that are spreading that those values, you know, doing the right thing, working together, kind of enjoying what you're doing and who you're do, who you're doing it with, you know, if you're going to spend forty or fifty hours a week someplace, you might as well do it with people you like to be with. And as long as we've got that. I think the rest of it will work itself out.
1: Welcome to SSR On Air. I'm Mike Rogers, your host for this monthly podcast brought to you by Smith-Second Reed. Tune in as I interview leaders, colleagues, and clients about what is going on internally at SSR and in the larger engineering community. Well, good morning, Rob. Good morning, Mike. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm well. Good, good. So so today we're here with Rob Barrett, who is uh, about to retire from SSR. Um, Previous CEO. How many years were you CEO, Rob? 32. 32 years as the CEO here at SSR. So we're going to try to dig deep here a little bit and and just talk a little bit about uh, your time here and and the things that... uh, Things that you accomplished and and where you see some things heading for us and that kind of thing. So, simple stuff. Going to just uh, hit you with a few questions and let you pontificate a little bit on on things. So, I'm happy to ramble. <laughs> I know, I know. So, I would say the, the first question is just just tell us a little bit about how you ended up here at SSR way back in the
0: day. Well, there was a girl involved. Usually, there yeah. is. Uh, When I was 17 and I was a lifeguard at a swimming club, there was a young girl out there that I sort of dated a little bit in the summer and that was, her name was Shannon Smith and she was Lester and Catherine Smith's daughter. Uh, And when I graduated uh, from college, four or five years later, um, my first job, I, I worked for a manufacturer's rep. Uh, part-time while I was in school and and for about five months after I got out. And one day I was wading around in raw sewage in Harriman, Tennessee, thinking maybe this isn't what I want to do for the rest of my life. And I called her mother, who was in the placement office at Vanderbilt, and said, hey, even though I've already graduated, can I come back and, and meet the recruiters on campus when they come in next fall? And she said, sure. She said, well, why don't you call Lester? You know, they started an engineering firm. They may be looking for an engineer. So... I called Lester and yeah. Lester said, let me hook you up with uh, Tom Segman and Andy Reed." And and so um, I climbed out of a lift station pit down at the Metro Sewage Treatment Plant one day and came in and interviewed with them, greasy and smelling bad. And Andy loved me and they hired me. And that's how I came to SSR. There you go, what year was that? 1974. 1974. I graduated in May and started at SSR in November. So, uh, my first job lasted about five months, and my second one lasted 47 years. It's not bad. Yeah. (laughs) I got lucky. (laughs) You did. You did.
1: So, how did you spend the first few years here at SSR? What, What were you doing, and where were you?
0: Um, well, you know that was a great thing. I so I came in November. In February, they sent me and Holdaway to um, Syracuse, New York, to Carrier School for for eight weeks. Yeah. Uh, snowed eighty inches. I learned to ski. A couple of Canadians taught me to ski. And by and by the end of that first year, I think that was my first trip to Saudi Arabia. We had mm-hmm. we were doing work for HCA over there at the King Faisal Hospital and sending troops in and out. And I did four trips over there working on, um, hospitals. Matter of fact, I was supposed to, we had a contract to open an office over there and, and Kenneth Dixon and I were going to man that office and, uh, we couldn't quite negotiate the fee. And yeah. so after I was there for a couple of months, they, they, brought me home. Um, I designed hospitals. I was known as kind of the, the junk man. I, we did 95% of our business was healthcare work eighty percent was h c a and i did the the stuff that floated in uh that wasn't healthcare related i did uh big largest recording studio in Nashville at benson Publish, publishing company was one of my first jobs i did uh turned a civil defense center uh or a post office in Athens Alabama into a civil defense center designed a bunch of solar uh Uh, branch banks and welcome stations. This was back when Al Gore was a congressman and he was touting the solar stuff. So I kind of became the, the energy solar guy. Yeah. Um, so I was for, you know, five or six years, I was a mechanical engineer, got to do a little project management, got to travel around the world. Yeah. Um, then in, I guess, 1970, 1980, maybe, uh, I've been here about six years, I became the head of the mechanical department. Now, understand that when I came to SSR, we were 25 people, and mm-hmm. uh, so it wasn't that big a company, mm-hmm. and it wasn't that big a deal.
1: So it wasn't too long after that when uh, you ended up in Houston, Right. I did. I did.
0: You and Clay, Clay Seckman. Uh, you know, the our, kind of our first strategic plan came uh, about 1982 or, yeah, 1982. And what happened, uh, HCA had had one architect, one engineer, and one contractor for 14 years. And they just sent us all over the country and all over the world doing hospitals. And mm-hmm. uh, they got in some trouble uh, uh, about kickbacks and stuff. And so they opened it up to four architects and four engineers and four contractors. And we woke up one day and said, you know, if they get mad at us, they could just pull the work and we yeah. would toast. So we decided in 82 to, that we needed to d- diversify. In 83, we, we bought Lewis engineers, which is where Steve Lane came from. He was a young brand new engineer with Willis yeah. Lewis, uh, And and we got into the civil environmental business through them. And in 83, we decided to open a branch office in Houston, Texas, because Mm -hmm. we had a client down there that was a small HCA that said, if you'll come here, we'll give you all of our work. So John Ross and Clay and I packed up and moved to Houston. And the company, LifeMark, was sold to AMI in Beverly Hills, California, a month before we arrived. And so... Uh, we went to Houston in the middle of an oil recession, and I became a Fuller Brush salesman trying to get uh, MEP work down there.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, that must a have great been a, experience. That must have been a challenge. Well, it was scary, <laughs> but uh, a lot of fun. That was one of the great things about the founders. They were they would uh, take a risk with young people, and, and uh, yeah, uh, they were progressive thinking about things like that. So, you were down there for a few years and then uh, they,
1: they hit you with a big question. Ask you to be the.
0: Yeah, uh, I, the CEO, I, went, right? I went down there. The, Tom and I made a deal. I said, look, I'll go to Houston, uh, but I want a five year pullback. You know, after five years, I want to be able to say, mm-hmm. bring me home. And uh, he said, okay. And so I was there about two years and I was just having a great time. We had eight or 10 people and business was good. And. And uh, I liked Houston, and I'd met some really good people there that are still close friends. Had a little house down on the Matagorda Bay where I could fish and hunt and mess around. And So I told Tom, I'm letting you out of the deal. Uh, I'm good to stay. Houston's home. Mm -hmm. Um, And about six months later, he came down and said, well, we've been talking, and we're thinking maybe you would – might want to come back and be president, and uh, I didn't tell him no, but I I didn't tell him yes either. I said I need to think about that. I'm I'm young. I'm having a good time here, and and uh, uh, he came back about six months later and said, "No, we really, really want you to do this," and so I said, "Okay." The founders, you know, they great guys and loved engineering, but but they really didn't. Enjoy running a business. They, they mm-hmm. took turns being president. It was kind of like, all right, you do it for a couple of years, and you be in the penalty box, and, and yeah. we'll go get the engineer and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Tom was, I guess, Tom was, he was president for a long time. Tom was kind of the glue that held it all together. He was the guy that, that got them together and started it, and he was president most of the time, but I think Andy did a two-year stint then Lester did a two-year stint, and then Tom came back in and did it. And and mm-hmm. when he got tired of it, they decided to come get me as a thirty-four-year-old. Yeah, uh, yeah. Turn me loose. So,
1: so, when you think back of the of the founders, and you think about kind of uh, you know, the things that make SSR click and run now, what how do you how do you view them? What, what do you see when you look back at them and and how we are now? I mean, take a look at our
0: values. How how do they align? You know, um, they were really different people. Uh, 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 And some people don't know this. There were two Smiths. There was a Bobby Smith and a Lester Smith, and they're not Mm -hmm. related. Um, Lester was an electrical engineer that had worked at Vanderbilt who was a client. And Tom and Andy had worked at Carrier and then came to I.C. Thomason. And and, um, Bobby Smith was Tom's draftsman. and when it became clear that <clears throat> Mr. Thomason wasn't going to let them have some ownership, they said, well, we'll go do this on our own. Um, and I, I've said this often, you know, Tom Suckman taught me about God. Lester Smith taught me to run a business. Andy taught me about engineering and Bobby taught me about marketing and that people do business with your friends. And, and even though they were very different people, um, they liked each other. They 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 laughed. They smiled. They they played together. They camped with their kids together. They were they were, you you know. I never in all the years I was with them heard one of them say a crossword or a derogatory word about the other one. They they defended each other, yeah. uh, uh, took care of each other, and so that created, uh, you know, by example, just the culture that you see here where there's, you know, no backbiting, just people wanting to work together. Um, and it was so evident, you know, that, that, and I so much appreciated it that, uh, I often said, you know, my goal is to to try to grow this company and not mess up that culture, you know, Mm -hmm. diversify, spread it out, but, but not lose that sense of, of, um, uh, relationships that they that they certainly had and fostered
1: yeah yeah so so when you look back at that and you think about you know their values and the way that they they treated people what's the what's the thing that you connected with the most out of those
0: well if you look at the the values the way we define them today and we use verbs uh, as actions Mm -hmm. uh, and you could go back and look at our previous four or five strategic plans and you'll see different words but the same things are Mm -hmm. are are there um uh and the working together i mean uh i mean they they just personified that um you know that tom would be designing something he'd walk up and down the hall and ask four people you know what do you think about this and when a guy 20 years older than you is asking you what do you, how do you think about, what do you think about this coolant tower? Uh, It it just, you know, it created this notion that we, that we uh, share what we know, you know, get opinions. Nobody's, nobody's hoarding the knowledge. We're spreading it out. Um, You know, Bobby, uh, You mean, think about relationships. Bobby always said, and he was the marketing guy. And back in the 70s, it was considered bad form to, if you were a lawyer or a doctor or an engineer, mm-hmm. to actually, you know, market yourself or sell yourself or right. advertise. You know, that was just, it's, and, but Bobby, um, Bobby said, you know, people do business with their friends. And, um, and it was so true.
1: Well, it, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting because, you know, back in, back in the day when I came here, 20, one twenty-two years ago a lot of the attraction to me was was the integrity that that yeah. ssr had and and that, and that you had i mean you know and I, I think i told you this not long after i got here is that you know uh just the the, the presence and the integrity and the way you approached uh the employees and oh. and everybody was kind of part of the team you know what's good for the for the hive is good for the bee i like to say because it's true i think if you you know if you're doing something that's good for everybody it's usually good for you too so yeah. <clears throat> that, that definitely attracted me to to come in here as well um when you look back on on your time here um a lot of years spent so it's kind of probably hard to pick but what what would you say is the the thing that you're most proud of accomplishment wise through the through the whole career that's a tough one
0: it's probably a a lot of things right you know (laughs) in in hindsight and and, you know I've been out of the CEO role now for three and a half years so I've had time to to think about what worked what didn't work Um, for 32 years one of my Drives was to diversify this business. Not that healthcare is not a great market. Not that it wasn't a great ride. But you just don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. And when we bought Memphis, they were a regional firm. They did. They were a mile wide and an inch deep. But they did a little bit of everything. We took a four-person transportation business down there and that that just worked really around the Memphis area. And you know, it's fifty-some odd people all over the state, uh, Georgia, Florida, uh, those watching those businesses grow, um, uh, you know, that's, that's really a cool thing to watch. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I, I, you know, if I did anything right here, I, I picked some good people. Uh, if, and, and this, this notion of, of, um, watching people grow. The founders, uh, you know, they took, they, they invested in us, they gave us opportunities, they took risk. And, you know, I look at, um, that notion of, of seeing people come here and grow here and, and take advantage of opportunities. Um, you know, that symbiotic relationship of they've done well and, and the company has done well because of what they've done, uh, uh That brings me a lot of joy, a lot of joy yeah <clears throat> yeah i would I would second that I think it's
1: watching people grow and putting opportunities in front of them is is exciting to watch and and a lot of times they take it and they do things with it that you didn't expect and and it oh, turns yeah. out even better than you could imagine right yeah,
0: now. and we tried things that didn 't work uh i mean we sure. you know lighting consulting I can give you a list of uh design build powerhouses lighting consulting we there were there were but we tried, you know, we, we, mm-hmm. we took a swing at them and, and, um, uh, and some of them worked really well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Some of them came out good. Yeah. Came out good. So how do you see when you look, when you look forward and, and I know you have some, some vision too, how do you see SSR down the road, our,
0: our future? What are we headed for? SSR is, um, in many ways right now, I think both at a crossroads and set up better than we have ever been to, to uh, you know, really explode. And you can say, well, that's a scary thing, but you can also say that's a wonderful thing because that creates opportunity uh, throughout throughout the organization. You know, one, one domino moves and then you've got to fill all of those positions. Mm-hmm. And so I think uh, this is a place that's got great opportunity for the individuals here. I also think that we have created uh, a infrastructure or a, a business uh, that is scalable. We have the back of office to grow this business to a thousand, fifteen hundred people without really breaking a sweat. We built a foundation that that is that is you know rock solid. It's good.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I would would agree. I would agree. So, you know, as part of that growth and and the things that we've been doing to 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 get ready for that, we've been hiring a lot of people. and We've got a lot of young young folks coming in or or even even if they're not young, they're new to SSR. So uh, just some some parting words of advice or thoughts that you would have towards new people here, young people entering, you know, the engineering field that that we've got
0: uh, growing here and just some thoughts of of yours. When I became president, we were about um I think we were seventy-five people. Mm-hmm. And at that time I could know everybody and the kids and their dog and all that kind of stuff. And as we grew, I realized when we got to be about 250 that I really couldn't know everybody and I and, and it and it lost something for me. I mean, there was this notion that that, that we're gonna become large and impersonal and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Anyway, five or six years ago, we started doing – actually, around the last strategic plan in 2014, we started um, being more intentional about how we brought people on board. And we started touching base with them rather than just doing what they did to me, which was saying, there's your desk. Call me if you get any questions. Uh, Mm -hmm. We really got uh, intentional about how we brought people on board, checked with them, how's it going, uh, and made them feel – uh, welcome, welcome and connected. I got to, at the 60 day, the second touch base, uh, I got to sit and talk with them, which I just found delightful because I got this chance to, no matter where they were in the organization, sit down and spend an hour with them and find out about them, Mm -hmm. talk about their onboarding experience and, and, um, tell them a little bit about SSR. Uh, what I can tell you, and I, and I guess I've, done 250 of those in the last, oh, uh, wow. uh, and what I can tell you is we've hired some really great people and whether they're, you know, just out of school or whether they've been someplace else before, um, uh, what really is heartening to me is that, is that they still see here what I saw coming into a 25 Person or organization, that, you know. I ask them what's the best thing about SSRI? I say, it's the people. As the new people come in, they're not going to learn the culture from me or from you. They're going to learn the culture from the people that they're next to every day. Oh. And as long as as we have people that are that are spreading that those values, you know, doing the right thing, working together, kind of enjoying what you're doing and who yeah. you who you're doing it with, uh, you know, if you're going to spend forty or fifty hours a week someplace you might as well do it with people you like to be with and as long as we've got that i think the rest of it will work itself out
1: well i, I do want to say thanks rob for coming in
0: and and uh, and sharing
1: some some words of wisdom for everyone and and uh it's much appreciated and 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 i know i appreciate your time here and in, in the in the 20 some odd years I've, I've spent with you so thank you again for all that and and thanks to everyone for uh for tuning in and listening and uh, watching And um, I guess we'll do it again soon. Thanks for joining us for this episode of SSR On Air. We hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can also connect with us on social media. Links to everything can be found in the show's notes. Take care, everyone. See you next time.